Hello there. Welcome back to Causey's Conversations. I'm Jared Causey, your host. And um, today I have two very special guests with me today. Uh, if y'all would, would y'all like to introduce you, uh, yourselves? I'm Volley Floyd. And I'm Dawson Schott. <laughs> <laughs> so um, these two guys are good friends. We, we, we all go to Graceview. Uh, Volley is a church member here, um, both me and him. And then uh, Dawson is actually the student ministry director, and he's actually been on the, the podcast before. We've, uh, I think it was like a year ago, or maybe mm-hmm. maybe a little, little bit less. Yeah, about a year ago. We're yeah. actually all in the same small group as well. That's right. So yeah. You just don't come. So. <laughs> well, wait, we haven't had one, have we? We've been having secret ones at my house. Oh, okay. Well, um, I guess uh, I, I didn't know about that. <laughs> social distance, but, yeah. but it's pretty great. Yeah. So... Um, uh, all three of us are, are going to church here at Grace U, and um, uh, appreciate both of these guys. And uh, today we're going to be talking about I, I, basically one one thing, but it's going to be kind of broken up into two parts. Um, first off, we're going to talk about the pro life position, like why we're pro life Christians, and then we're going to go into specifically the abolitionist perspective of the pro-life movement because there is a kind of a distinction between being just pro-life and then being an abolitionist and we'll go into that distinction a little bit later but um before we we get into the topic uh volley why don't um you kind of tell listeners at home a little bit about yourself uh and uh, who you are okay uh i am from yorktown indiana a small town in Indiana, I moved here to Texas in March of 2018, uh, married to Trish, who's obviously also uh, a church member here, and since February, uh, I've been going to the mill, the, the abortion clinic, on a regular basis, and uh, standing up for the unborn, and just love uh, Texas, I've, I've really enjoyed my time here. Okay, Dawson? Yep, so Dawson, uh, I've married seven years now, got four kids. Um, We live not far from the church. We're actually in the process of uh, packing our things, getting ready to move. We're heading to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan to plant a church up there. Uh, They are in need of uh, Bible-believing churches, and so God's called us, and we're we're heading up there. But uh, before we left, you know, we wanted to begin the work of abolition work here in Texas. And so we've begun to, to go to the same abortion clinic that Volley and his wife go to. And um, I've been a handful of times now, sadly, I've been kind of derailed for the last several weeks as we've been packing and gearing up to leave. But it was pretty eye-opening when we went the first time. And uh, it, it'll shake you. you know. Definitely. So are you planning on continuing this ministry, kind of your own personal ministry when you go up to Michigan? Yes, yeah. So we will have an abolitionist chapter of our church that we're planting. Um, you know, it's the church can't be about just one, you know, issue. It right. has to be about the gospel in a holistic manner. Right. But if this is as prevalent as it is, then that's an important issue and it demands quite a bit of time, just like discipleship. Right. And just like racism or any of the other things that may be uh, issues that we need to address as the church and speak into. Um, so that'll be a definite part of what we do in the church plant. 
Sweet. Yeah, so uh, obviously all three of us are pro-life. All three of us would consider ourselves abolitionists in the sense that we agree that abortion should be uh, abolished completely. Um, we believe that it's murder. So, I mean, we're, I'm kind of putting kind of all of our cards out there on the table just to start off, but um, I don't want us to just assume our position here. I, you know, when we talk about the abolitionist movement, there's a reason why we would consider ourselves, why you would consider yourselves abolitionists and why you do what you do. So I guess first off, you know, why, why would you consider yourself pro-life in the first place? So I would actually probably say I'm not pro-life. I would just say I'm an abolitionist okay. or anti-murder. Um, and, and we should probably clarify as well, if there's someone that's listening to this and they have had an abortion, um, there's grace for you and there's hope for you. Uh, there's forgiveness at the cross. What you did was wrong. There is no justification for right. the ending of a human life. Um, and we could get into some of the technical you know, jargon as to you know, just the, the different scenarios where they would say that this is necessary. Right. There's a lot of that that I would still argue is not necessary. Um, but that said, we want you to know as we speak and share our views here, um, we don't come from a place of haughtiness. Mm -hmm. uh, we come from places of addiction in our past, um, lust and, and depravity. Um, we are broken sinners all right. the same. Um, and we want someone else to speak and hold us accountable right. to the Word of God to live righteous and holy and upright. And so that's what we're doing. When we speak about abortion, we're not uh, standing in stark condemnation as though we have any righteousness of our own. But we're right. saying the law of God demands that you not do this. Right. So, uh, But why would I say I'm pro-life or an abolitionist or any of those things? Um, it's because I care about life. I care about all of life. Um, and I think that it's the most egregious thing that we're doing right now in the nation and in the world um, to deny the humanity of the unborn child, to deny them the, the, the fact that they are humans. And you could say they're not fully developed or any of those things, but they're humans. It's, right. It's what they are. And they're not another species. No. You know? yeah. No, they're not. And, and so you can look at things like the sled test which is what's the most common argument um, against why you should be able to abort the unborn. Can you explain that real quick? Yeah, so the sled test, and, and I, I'll have to pull it up just so I don't miss uh, step here or speak. Um, so the sled test is, it, that's like a you know an acronym or whatever. So it's size. So the size of the baby matters. If it's this small or this big, uh, level of development, which is, you know, like, just how far along you are, uh, the environment. And so that could be, well, you're in a low income area and the baby's going to have a hard life or you're, gotcha. in, you're in the slums of Africa. This baby is going to potentially face hunger. Therefore you right. have the right. Uh, and then the last is degree of dependency. So this baby is going to be born with down syndrome or this baby is going to be born with complications, which means that they'll be dependent forever on you. Um, you now have the right to, in their life. And that's a yeah. that's a pretty prevalent argument even if people don't know that term uh, sled test they're still going to argue from that place. Right. Um, 
but it's just inconsistent all the way around. Yeah, definitely. But, so what about you? I mean, obviously you're going to say a lot that Dawson just said, but but why, um, I guess in addition to that, would you say you're you know pro-life or you hold to the, the, the values of, of, of that term of pro, being pro-life? What, why would you hold to that? Well, I mean, first of all, everything uh, that we should be doing as Christians should be based and rooted in the Word of God. And he's, he's very clear on that, that, that we're image bearers. That image bearer doesn't need to, to be in an affluent family. It doesn't need to be out of the womb. It's still an image bearer. And uh, I, just, I believe the society has done an amazing job of brainwashing or programming people to think that this is a clump of cells, or to think that every a high percentage of the ladies that go for abortions have been raped, or they're a victim of incest, or a, just a number of those things. And and before I really started educating myself, you know, I believed the same thing. And and just going out to the clinic. And, and seeing people pull up in a Lexus or a Mercedes, these not dressed like they're going to go to the club, and they're there to murder their child. Right. And so, when you go to the clinic, uh, like Dawson said, it's it, it's so heavy. It's just uh, these people come there with murder in their hearts. Right. And and they can get violent, but the gospel can save save life change life change lives and and i've seen it many many times and, right uh, so the power of the gospel you know we're we're told commanded by god that we should be defending the unborn we should be looking out loving our neighbor uh, there's is there any more least of these than a defenseless child in the womb that we should be yeah, looking out i can't for? think of of any anyone, yeah, and that's that's absolutely right. I mean, you you mentioned being fellow image bearers. I mean, Genesis. I mean, when when God says he you know he's going to make man and woman, he made them Adam and Eve uh, in his image. And so that doesn't mean that they're little gods, as some would say, uh, aka uh, Kenneth Copeland, <laughs> guys <laughs> like that. But um, that does mean though we have. A intrinsic value uh, that distinguishes us, but you know, from animals, you know, from plants. I mean, so and that's. I mean, I, I really like that emphasis where we begin with, you know, their fellow image bearers. So we have a duty to stand up for them because they can't stand up for themselves. Um, so you know, a, a, a common argument, though. You, I mean, Dawson, you mentioned all those current. There's kind of those broad arguments you hear on a daily basis, but um, one argument I hear is my body, my choice. What would you say to someone that, that, that says that? It's not your body, though, that you're, that you're harming. I mean, that's like, that, that is exactly what it is. It, it's not your body. Like, you, you have the choice. Um, you have the choice to pierce your ears, and you have the choice to sabotage your body by drinking too much and eating too much and you can do all of those things um, but the person that is inside of you is not you right they are a distinct person at the at the time of conception they have 
so much information about their DNA that their male pattern baldness is already known, like the eye color. I mean, there's so yeah. much data that would say this is not you. This is someone else inside right. of you. And, and we could argue back and forth, and I would just say, well, that's just – maybe that's just the draw of life, and life sucks. So women, I'm sorry. Like you have to carry the children, and that means that they're inside of you. But that doesn't justify – it's not even consistent logically right. to say my body, my choice. It's, it is your choice to do what you want to with your body right. um, outside of rape. You made the choice prior to that to have sex consensually. Now, if you were raped, is it still okay? Well, I would still argue no, no, because two wrongs don't make a right. We don't, we don't do that in any other facet of life. We don't say like, you know, well, I messed up and I accidentally shot this guy in the foot. I might as well shoot him in the head just to end it all. Right. Like, you know, we were playing with our guns in the backyard mm-hmm. and I shot him in the leg. Well, two wrongs, they make a right, so I'll just go ahead and end it all. Like. Just because you stumbled along the way or someone has harmed you, which, by the way, just to clarify, those who've raped people, they, they, ought to be, they ought to be put down. They ought to be killed. That's vile and disgusting. Death penalty. Yes. So, that's another podcast. <laughs> and that's another discussion no, that's, for another day. A, but, yeah, but just yeah. to clarify, we're not in defense of or excusing rapists' actions. Right, absolutely. Um, no, I would I – would, if someone harmed my daughter, uh, I would have to put faith in the justice system. But my heart and righteous anger would say, this man is, he's deserving of death right. at this point. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, Wally, what, what do you think yeah, of my body, my choice? I mean. Yeah, it's, well, that, that's one of the problems I have with the pro-life movement <clears throat> is that the woman becomes the second victim in the pro-life yeah i was actually going to get to that a little bit later but yeah i mean you're you're already bringing it up so go ahead well so so the woman is the second victim in in the pro-life way of thinking so we're going to allow her to kill her baby and she cannot be prosecuted in any way at all so from the state of texas uh, defines an individual as a child from gestation all the way to out through birth, and then obviously we're persons after we're born. But so that is against the law in the state of Texas, except if it is by the mother, and the mother can legal cannot legally be charged with any crime if she takes the life of her own baby up until birth in any way that she wants to. Mm-hmm. So it's not just an abortion clinic if she wants to get out a hanger. And do it in a, in a vile way. Like it's all vile, but the woman cannot be charged. So, right. so we're <clears throat> we're just upside down, and in, in our, our way of thinking about this is so far away from the law of God. You know, God wants equal weights and balances. That's what right. He tells us. Right. So I wanted you to clarify when you say the pro life way, you're talking about the general pro life movement, like the well, uh, yeah. Go ahead I would explain say, that. Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, the pro life establishment leaders so your average pro-lifer that is going out to a march or or even when they show up to a clinic those are not the people that I'm speaking of and those people have 
have love in their hearts and, and they're I believe they're programmed about the same way that uh, people think about rape or incest. This is just what they've been teaching people. Right. And so it's it's the legislators that that we have a problem with. So they'll say abortion is not health care. They'll get up and they'll say abortion is not health care when actually it is health care. So the way the doctor is protected is under the health codes. So the, the charge of, of criminal homicide is in the law code, but the providers, the abortion providers, their provision or their out, they are in the health codes. And so these people who they want to get up and they raise all this money and people vote for them, and most of them are Republican professing Christians that do this, mm -hmm. and they're doing it very dishonestly. They're doing it to get votes. And, and they, in fact, have been the ones who have stopped abolition bills. They've stopped them from even being heard on the floor. And then they'll pass, they'll write their own law that says this, the same thing that the law already says. So they actually do nothing. They don't change anything. And they claim this pro-life victory. And so those are the people that we're talking about. Again, we're not talking about your, your rank-and-file person that's against abortion and considers himself pro-life and not an abolitionist. Right, right. It's, it's just, you know, I guess like maybe one example is, correct me if I'm wrong, but Abby Johnson, I think that's, she's the unplanned uh -huh. yes. person. And, yes. uh, I mean, she's done some great things, I think, but I think, you know, I think y'all agree. God can use a bent stick to make yeah, yeah right. paths. <laughs> But but that doesn't mean that we ought to do that, right? Like right. I can, I can drive a nail with a crescent wrench, but I probably should just use a hammer, right? Um, and when we approach it from a, I don't know, just a non-logical place, and not from scripture, then of course it's not going to lend itself to a consistent worldview. And and the, ultimately, here's the thing: we're not called to end abortion. We're called to just be faithful. Right. The psalmist says to rescue those who are being led away to the slaughter. And so um, we're called to just be faithful with what God's given us, with our life, with our time, with whatever sphere of influence we have. Um, that's what we're called to do. Right. If you never end abortion, we met a man uh, that that is at the clinic all the time, and he's been doing this for 27 years. I can't remember his name now. He's an older guy. Brooks. 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 And Brooks is kind of an interesting fella. Um, but I believe he loves the Lord. I believe he definitely loves these little babies. Um, Brooks is going to die and probably not see the end of abortion. But Brooks has been faithful. Right. And, and that's what's most important. We're called to faithfulness. Yeah. I'd also like to clarify, too, when we were talking about the what is excusable, you know, abortions and things like that. The most common is ectopic when people would say, like, rape or ectopic pregnancies where the baby is uh, in the fallopian tube and, and therefore it would cause death to the mother. Um, and what I would say is this, and and I'm sure somebody's going to bring out an article and say, you're wrong. And I can bring out another article and say, you're wrong. I'm just going to go off of the data from the doctors that I've read. We've read tons at this point, me and my wife have. When they discover a baby is in the fallopian tube, at, most of the time this baby is passed before uh before they even remove the baby. And so you're right. not you're not at this point taking the life 
of an unborn baby. You're removing a, a dead baby from your body. Right. Which is very different. Um, that's a very different situation. Right. My wife and I have talked, and if we found out that she had a chance of passing away on the table during birth uh, because of you know blood issues or whatever, um, she believes, and I didn't persuade her, this is a conviction she came to of her own accord, that she would allow God to do what God's going to do, and we would just be faithful. Now, if we had an ectopic pregnancy, which I've got family who've had this issue, um, I would say that they're well within biblical rights and means to, to remove this baby and mourn the loss of their child. Right. Uh, but I just want to clarify that. That's, that's, yeah, that's I, don't, good, I don't want someone yeah. to have a misconception and think, because if you've had you know, an ectopic pregnancy and the doctor said we need to end this or we need to remove this baby now, um, I don't want you to be sitting at home thinking we're coming down with a hammer on you. And you, and even if we're not coming down with a hammer on you, I just there's so much guilt and shame felt by women that I know of, of the church and the church globally that feel this level of just shame because they followed what their doctor told them to do. Um, and I just want to clarify that. In almost all the cases, the baby's already passed. It's, this right. is not what it is. So right. Just to get that right. clarified. That's, that's good. That's good. And, um, you know, you brought up about the, the, the woman that is going to the Planned Parenthood or the, the, the Women's Health Center to get an abortion in a lot of ways, is viewed by the culture as a victim. Why, why are they? I, I'm, I, that's something I've never been able to figure out. Why is the woman viewed as a, a victim when she is not the one? I mean, there's nothing that's happening directly to – like she's not ending her own life or anything like that. Nothing's happened to her to cause her to do that other than maybe emotions or uh, different thoughts, but nothing, um, I guess, physical or anything like that. I believe a lot of that is feminism. It's this false view of patriarchy and how patriarchy is bad. Instead of us accepting the roles that God has laid out for us in Scripture as a man and a woman, equal, but we have different roles, uh, the feminists have just made everything, you know, all men, you know, seen in a bad light and a woman not being able to do what she wants, whether it be sinful, whether it be murder, is still a victim of the patriarchy. Right. And I believe that's where a lot of that comes from. Right. Dulce, you got, you got something to add to that? Yeah, I think, I mean, you can't, it's sort of an untouchable at that point. If you're a victim and I've told you you're still wrong, now I'm just a jerk. You're just a bigot. Yeah, yeah. a bigot. Um, and, and there are cases, like we've, We've laid witness to cases where uh, an older man is walking in four young women into the abortion clinic to have an abortion because he is their pimp and he is forcing them to have an abortion. Yeah. And that is where it gets a little trickier and a little bit more of like a matter of like, like a breaking down of ethics and like levels of sin. Like, should these women still defy that man and say no and run off? Yes, but but when you have a woman who's addicted to heroin and being fed this on a daily dose and 
knows nothing else. Threatened with violence. Threatened with death or violence. Um, and has never heard the gospel. Well, what do we expect to happen? And that's why we need godly men and women at the abortion clinics to hold folks accountable. But, but even more than that, to just share the gospel. Like, like we don't have to do anything fancy or crazy. You don't have to befriend them for seven months before you share the gospel. You can go and share the gospel and people people are hearing the gospel and being saved. Like what a radical idea. Yeah. Wish Paul would have done that in the New Testament. Like, yeah. Yeah. like it's it's just it's that's how that works. And so so yeah, why why is that that they call them the victim? Well, because sometimes they are a victim, but in most cases, and I would venture to probably say, you know, like ninety percent of the cases the woman is called, she's made an appointment, and in Texas she makes, uh, she schedules a visit, she comes to the first visit, she comes back the next week for her second visit, and then she has the abortion. Um, now, if you're affluent, like most of the people we've seen driving in, and Hummers, and new Escalades, and brand new, you know, lifted Toyota Tundras, and you know, like they're br- all new cars, Gucci bags, and everything else, what reason are you doing this for other than the inconvenience of raising a child? Right. Um, very, very seldom do you see someone pulling in in a rundown old Buick that's falling apart and the wheels are about to pop off. That's, that's few and far between. Um, and so while there are victims of abortion that are women that have been forced into it, right? most often they're not. And we've taken the, the minors, you know, the minor instances, and we've made them the common right. cause, like common happens, you know, like that's what it is. And, and that's just not, it's dishonest. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about the gospel. That's, that's what we need to do while we're there. We need to share the gospel. <clears throat> Another thing about the pro-life movement is most of the time they will tell you not to share the gospel. I've seen, I believe, I've seen Abby Johnson talk about that. I've seen other pro-life representatives talk about that and say these women just need love. And they don't realize that the gospel is the ultimate form of love. Absolutely. And and because they don't want to hear it, uh, we're still called to tell them the truth. You know, we have been saved. We have come out of depravity. We have right. come out of these things. And so it is about being faithful. And and if you go to the, if you think of the, any of this as you, if anything good, if God does anything good and, and you think that it's you, you won't last two weeks because the, the heaviness and the darkness that you see and feel when you're there, right. when these people are going in will, willfully to end the life of a child, it's, we know that we can't do it. And, and our dependence is, is even more on God. Right. Right. Um, so obviously, you know, y'all, y'all both are distinguishing yourselves from the general pro-life movement, not in a way of like they're all terrible people or they, they're not really, they don't really care about the babies. I mean, you're, y'all, I think y'all would agree that, that they do uh, in, in a certain way, but they're, they're some of their theological um, 
assumptions might be wrong. I mean, I know like with Abby Johnson, she's Catholic, and um, that's another <laughs> podcast episode. But I think some of that might have might influence her a little bit. Um, yeah, but, yeah, and I think so. Like you have legislation that legislation has, you know, tamped down a number of abortions. We would be like lying to say that people have not had abortion, you know, I've had abortions more because of legislation. Like, no, they do help deter. Um, and so you run every play you can. But in the same token, like, it it would be, it, it just seems very, very silly to say that rather than, like, to say, like, well, let's make up a new law that you can't do it if you've not watch the heartbeat on the monitor for five minutes. You, you you can't watch it for four. You have to watch it for five whole minutes now to be able to have it. You know, it's like right. you're making up minor, weird little things. And, and a lot of that is because legislators need a job, right? Like, I need a job. Absolutely. And I need to keep my job. And if I abolished abortion, then I would have no more legislation right. to do. Uh, and then some of those are men who just... They're, they're theologically just not being consistent. Right. Um, and I think that's it's not necessarily always out of like, wickedness of their heart. I don't think these men are men and women are, are, are sitting here like uh, maliciously, you know, scheming on how to keep yeah. abortion running. I just think that they haven't been consistent and thought it all the way through. Right. And I, and I think that's an important distinction. Like, you got guys like, the, like Ben Shapiro and some of these other men that I know like, hate abortion. Right. But they're not consistent through and through. Um, the follow-through isn't there. He, I've heard Shapiro talk about this. He says that he is not for the, I guess, like the quote-unquote abolitionist perspective in terms of just make abortion illegal. Like, like go for that. Just make it completely illegal all at once. He says there should be, like, small steps taken to hopefully one day get to that, like, what would your response be to someone like Shapiro that says that? Um, uh, there and there are many there are Christians that, that they would call themselves self smash mouth incrementalist, and so it's kind of like Dawson was saying is we're going to try to we're going to take this ground and know we're coming for more. We're going to take this ground and know we're coming for more. But a lot of times, in my opinion, well, in in reality, it doesn't work. You know, so. In the state of Oklahoma, they have a super majority of Republicans, Republican governor, AG, about like here, and their abortions through these incremental laws have actually increased very slightly, but it's it's not it's not done what they think it's going to do. Right. And and so there was a bill here in Texas mm -hmm. to where they're so they do a dismemberment bill. You know, you cannot dismember a child, but actually it's you can't dismember a child while it is still alive in the mother's womb. So you can still dismember the child. We just want you to, to kill it first. And the attorney general, when people were opposed to that, he's a pro-life attorney general, and he says, oh, wait a minute, this isn't going to stop abortions. This is just going to stop this individual thing right here. You're just going to have to do it different. And so these these are the people that are legislating. And, and again, like Dawson said, they they need a job, and they know that that Christians will 
are going to vote for somebody that stands for life. For life, yeah. Yeah, for mm -hmm. pro-life. And, and I'm glad that we do as Christians. But we just can't, we can't be unequally yoked with people that don't, we want to do half of what God says. Or we want to slide in to what God says. So is it, is it a just law or is it an unjust law? So if I'm offering a law that still offers for you to murder your child, I'm offering up an unjust law. Right. It's like a half, um, like a, a statement that is half true is still fully a lie. You know? Yeah. Like that kind of thing or whatever. But like, this is going to sound demeaning, so don't take this as demeaning. That's This is not. Trigger warning. What, tr trigger warning. <laughs> <Just, laughs> um, <laughs> Have you ever played like when you were a kid? Did you play with ants ever? Like like to like uh, you know with like a magnifying glass? Oh like a, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. So yeah. when I was a kid, we learned that ants have scent trails, and they follow the, you know. So you have like a line of ants. Scent trails. Scent. A uh, scent. Scent. Uh, <laughs> and they will follow that scent trail. Well, if you want to have fun and you're like a a poor podunk kid living in the middle of nowhere, not in the suburbs, and you don't have video games or internet, what are you? Why do? are you pointing at me? Well, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> no, you go out, you lick your finger, and you, you rub it across the scent trail, and then the ants hit that scent trail, and they can't find it anymore because you've wiped it away. So then they start going in all these weird directions. But eventually they bridge around it, and they find the scent trail again, and they just get to the same destination. And in the same way, legislative moves, incrementalism, is a lot like that. It's like we're just going to put a little blockade here. But that's not going to deter anyone long term. If someone wants to end the life of the, the baby, they're going to do that. Right. Uh, the way you get rid of an ant mound is you take some ant poison and you go to the mound and you kill the queen. Right? right. The same way, like you end abortion is you end abortion. Like you don't, you don't yeah. go incrementally uh, and attack it like, well, we're going to make this little blockade and this little blockade and this. Because now it's like, well, I'm just angry now. Right. And I'm just going to do it out of spite. Yeah. Um, and so I, maybe that sounds demeaning. I'm, I'm not equating those who wish to have abortion to ants. No. But, I, I, but I'm yeah. just using that as an example. You know, right. the blockades that we make, and, and they don't really deter long-term. Uh, it's not effective. It's not effective. Um, and I think it's the way you deter long-term is, is multifaceted. It starts in the home. You rear up children who love the Lord and fear the Lord, who yoke themselves with men and women who love and fear the Lord and have lots of children who love and fear the Lord. That's one way. And then the other way is engaging the culture with the gospel and preaching the gospel. Uh, holding a mirror up to the culture and saying, this is what you look like. This is what you're doing. Um, but there's grace and there's there's salvation and there's hope. Right, there's hope. And we're not doing that because we're yoked with people who say, no, don't share the gospel. Give them a scientific argument. Well, what is science based on? You have no grounds for science if you're not based in scripture. Like, what is this, the, the basis of truth, right? Uh, it's just inconsistent all the way through. I mean, it just, that's what it comes down to. Right. And it reminds me of, but he kept up the high places. He didn't tear down the high places. Continue on. Yeah what, what do you, what, yeah, what do you mean by that? <laughs> so in the, in the Old Testament, obviously the kings of Israel, and you know, in the two kingdoms, somebody would come in after another king died, and then it tells you 
so he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, or he did good, he did, he did some good in the eyes of the Lord, but he kept up the high places. So the high places were the pagan temples that the unfaithful kings failed to tear down. And it's just like all, all the other stories of the Old Testament. When God tells you to go, take this land, and I want you to do this, this, and this, and then we decided we only wanted to do this and this, and I think God is good at good if I just take back the gold or if we just keep this for ourselves. He's not. It's, it, these aren't suggestions. Right. So, you know, kind of going off on that, I've also, I mean, I go back, I like Shapiro a lot and a lot of what he says. So I, oh, I'm, I love, I'm not, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not really trying to bash Shapiro too. here. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm just, I've, I've heard a lot of, you know, him say a lot of things that the general pro life movement will say um, in general. But, but, you know, I've heard him talk about how, you know, he talked about the victim part of things. You know, he says that a woman that gets abortion, gets an abortion, he doesn't want to consider her necessarily a murderer. He doesn't want to call her that because that's not her intention. Like, she's not wanting to really murder. Like, that's not it. That's technically not in her heart. I know y'all said otherwise, so obviously y'all would disagree with that for sure. But to me, like, logically, that the, the intention part doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what her intentions are. Like, what she's thinking through her mind. Like, oh, she, obviously, probably the majority of them aren't thinking – or maybe maybe the majority of them are, but some of them at least are probably not thinking, oh, I'm going to go murder my child. They're thinking, I'm just getting out of a parasite, quote-unquote, or I'm getting out a bunch of clump of cells. So I guess my question would be for you guys, like, how would you respond to that in the sense of, like, I mean, logically, how can you make sense of, of, of that statement in the sense that, okay, the, for example, the slaveholders, they probably a lot of them were not necessarily thinking in their minds oh our slaves are not human like some of them might have thought that i don't know but we don't know what their intentions are but their intentions are probably weren't like oh these they're not human necessarily but even if they were it's slave is still slavery is, is still wrong uh, the the chattel slavery in america was still wrong it's still sinful you know i mean look at Hitler and, and the Holocaust, and we, we compare abortion to Holocaust a lot, the intentions of, of the Nazis were, these aren't humans, so we're not really murdering these people, they're not really humans, they're not, they're not equal to us, you know? Yeah. So we, but we still call them murderers. So like, I don't know, what, what do y'all think? Do, do you, do you think that's... Uh, well, again, that's a worldview problem that, uh, that can't be solved with, without the gospel. But, so there's, there's a website, and it's called Not a Victim. And this, it has videos, and it shows comments and text. To, so, so the lady who runs it, she gets on to websites where people are thinking about having an abortion. And this isn't everyone who goes to have an abortion. I agree with you know part of what you said. But the vileness and the celebration uh, that these women have, not all of oh, them, ab- definitely yeah. not all of them. Right, right. You know, that is that is for sure not all of them. But, but so if it is made, if if there is abolition, so it's abolished and it's on the law books and it's it's part of murder. It, it's it's not murder; it's criminal homicide. So a grand jury can make a decision. A prosecutor can make a decision. So. Not every person 
that went to have an abortion, if they were charged, would be charged with murder. Right. So there, there are circumstances that can be taken into account, just like every other law. Right. Just like every other you know, criminal act that is going to get prosecuted, that prosecutor has the right to determine what he thinks the charge should be. Right. Right. Um, I've, heard one, I've heard someone say, I should be able to have sex without consequences or whatever. I should have that right. So what they're saying is I should ha- be able to have sex anytime I want, maybe get pregnant, and then terminate the baby. You know, like what would you say to that? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you you have bodily autonomy. You you know, I mean, that's a that's a Christian principle and and an American principle. Right. You have the right to drink, you know, fish tank cleaner and kill yourself. You have the right to uh, drink yourself until your liver and kidneys are destroyed. Like, you have that right. Is it wise? No. The difference is, it's not your body that you're. Right. That you're removing and harming and, and, and destroying. Um, and I would, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a worldview issue. Like, you don't, you, I would say you don't have the right to have sex with whomever you please, whenever you please, however you please. Right. You don't have that right. That's not a right that was, you know, that's not a godly right given to you. You have the, the you have the ability in America to assess the risk and make those choices. Just like with COVID-19, people have the right and ability to assess the risk of going out without a mask or touching their face or hanging out with people within six feet. Um, And I would say that's the most inconsistent argument from the pro-choice movement. It's, you see a lot of them coming from that place saying, you know, you don't get to make those choices for somebody else. You have to wear a mask. You need it. What? Well, what about my body, my choice? Right. Yeah. Well, what about I have the right to consensually walk out without a mask and choose not to? You know, it's it's an inconsistent. Right. You have to approach things from a holistic and consistent. Yeah. Worldview, which would say, if I'm going to a nursing home, then I'll probably wear a mask. Right. Right. Right now, because I don't fully know the the risks and the death rates and everything else, but. If I'm hanging out with some guys who are younger, healthy, uh, and who don't have issues, and I'm not going to cause them to sin by being bitter in their heart towards me, right. then I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm going to hang out with my buddies, and we're going to enjoy yeah. conversation without yeah, suffocating. Yeah, we're not wearing a mask right now. Yeah. And I'm spoiler not, alert. Yeah. yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Also, the noises in the background is a cow, so is, if is you hear a, a moo... Uh, I think it's an amen every time. <laughs> yeah, that's going to make me yeah. feel better if that's what it is. Yeah. So uh, you know, being you know, if someone says, "Well, y'all go to abortion mills," and that that's just so that's just so rude. That's so mean. You know, why? I guess my my question for you, like, what would you say to that? If you know, being going to the abortion mill and and, and basically protesting and sharing the gospel, I should say, not really. It's kind of a protest, but it's also more sharing the gospel. Like, how do you, how would you defend that? It's not for everybody. We aren't sitting here saying that if you're not going to the abortion mill, then then you're not doing your Christian duty. Right. You know, it's it's not for everybody. But it it kind of looks like 
New Testament evangelism, doesn't it? I would argue, yeah. And, and I would say, if someone says, why? Why would you do this? Um, because I'm compelled to, number one. But, but like part of why I'm compelled to is because I'm being consistent through and through. I have uh, a six-year-old daughter, four-year-old son, two-year-old son, and a five-month-old daughter. <laughs> and if someone were to take any of them into a building and rip their limbs apart, put a pair of scissors through the back of their skull and in their life, I would be, I would burn the building to the ground and I would put a bullet in their head. That's what I would, like that's my sinful, like rage would come out. I would do that. What's happening when you're going into the abortion clinic and you're having a doctor pull apart the baby that's inside you and dismember it is in fact the same exact thing as if they took my two-year-old in there and did the same thing. Right. That's consistent. It's a human. The development isn't the same. The dependency is not the same. My four-year-old can finally wipe his own rear end. <laughs> yeah. He's not dependent on me for this anymore. Praise God. Praise God. Right. But my two-year-old needs diaper changes, and he needs me to get him food and snacks. He's dependent. Do I get to end his life because his no. level of – no, of course not. Five-month-old still nurses because she's not on solid foods. And if my wife said, you know what, I don't feel like nursing anymore, does she have the right to end that life because no. the baby's dependent on her? Well, no, of course not. It's just not consistent, and I want to be consistent through and through. Um, and I believe the most consistent thing in the world is the Scriptures. And so we look mm-hmm. to the Scriptures, we glean from the Scriptures, and then we just obey. And like Volley said, it's not for everybody. Um and the same way church planting or missions or any of those things are not for everybody. There's goers and there's sowers. There's those who go and those who stay back and pray for those who are going. That'll preach. I mean, like, <laughs> goers and sowers. yeah, there's goers and sowers, man. And, yeah. and like you, you, there's those who would sit back and say, Hey, I, you know, I'm older. I have disabilities. I, I'm, and I just, it, it would mess me up to go out there. It's just so much, or I've had abortions and I just can't, I can't do that right now. Right. Um, well, then stay back and pray for us, right? But to, to say, like, don't go, well, we're missing the whole point. You don't, you don't have converts. In the Bible Belt, we do, right? We have converts who are not saved. They see a church. They drive by. They stop in. They sit for a few months, and then they get, you know, saved. They, the gospel hits them, and they get saved. But in the Old Testament, or in the New Testament, and in a lot of the progressive cultures in the progressive cities of America now, people take the gospel to the streets because unregenerate people don't go to church, right? Like right. most often, they don't yeah. go to church. There's a, there's a lack of that. And, and there's a difference, right? Like I'm not in full agreement with every uh, method of street preaching or evangelism. Right. Or, you know, like... There are things that I think are obnoxious at times. Um, and there are people at the clinics that are obnoxious as right. well. Right. But two wrongs don't make a right. So if they're obnoxious, do I just not go because then I would be associated with them? Well, no, that's inconsistent. I need to go and, and I minister to them too. Mm. Right. Like that's that's how that works. And, and so it's it's a whole spider web of like intricate like intricately woven issues. But it all comes back to a worldview and an understanding of the gospel 
and God's faithfulness and covenant to his people um, and the need for us to, to be upright in our dealings. And I would just say that's, that's, the, that's the core issue. Right. And, it's, and we hold a reformed theology, right? So we, we have a lot of presuppositions, and our presuppositions are all based on the word of God. And so that's the way that we minister out there. That's the way that we preach. That's the way that we communicate. So God is sovereign, and we don't believe there are unplanned pregnancies. God and children are a heritage. Children are a blessing. Mm-hmm. And that, that child didn't get there by accident. And so that's, that's the way that we try to conduct ourselves, and that's why uh, when we go out there and we can, we can share the gospel tell them the truth, and then point out where their presuppositions are inconsistent sometimes. And whether that's at the abortion clinic or whether that is on the street. And so that apologetic works at the clinic and it works on the street. And it's the truth of God, more importantly. Right. Well, um, I think we have to wrap up. Dawson has to go. He's uh, he's gonna mess this up. Always, just, always on the go. I'm, I'm just joking. Aren't you? No, it's um, babies I'm, to tuck in. Right. Hey, I, I I don't have kids yet, so I don't fully understand yet. But that's uh, that's great. He's got uh, snacks to get. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Owen really likes peanut butter, and uh, he half the time it doesn't make it to his mouth. But. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's always now that we live in a camper as we get like we're getting ready to move. He's right. finding every snack that we've got. He's able to reach it in these little camp, you know, the camper cabinets. Right, right. So he's he's gonna. There's more. There's more poops than there used to be. That's what I'll say. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, well, not to be note, crude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trigger warning. Uh, well, thank you guys for for being on the the podcast. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was very informative, even for me. I mean, just to, to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, so, uh, everyone at home, thank you guys for um, for listening. Um, I welcome your feedback. If you have any um, angry, upset responses, please send those over to Volley and Dawson. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll take all the nice ones. And no, I'm joking. I'm, no, any, any you know any um, responses or if you anybody has a you know question or just a, any uh, some feedback or response please uh text me or message me or whatever i'll be glad to talk with you about it uh, as best as i can but um also um if you don't mind um i have a obviously this podcast is on apple uh the apple podcast if you could rate this and uh, if you want to listen to the other episodes that's great if not it's all good love you guys anyway and, um, Can I just say one thing too sure, before you on. before you close off? I know we'll probably do a part two of this, but like, if you're by the grace of God, if you're listening to this and you find yourself pregnant, and you say, you know, I'm convinced that I shouldn't end the life of my baby, but I don't know how I can afford it. I don't know what I can do. I don't know where to go. Um, I want to tell you there's two things that I would tell you. One, uh, our church, Grace View, is willing to help you. Right. Um, on an individual level, we have tons of members who would say we will help whoever we need to to see this through. Uh, on an individual level, myself though, I want you to know that if there's expenses that need to be paid, if there's if you can't keep this baby, like you 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 want to birth this baby but you can't um, foresee caring for this baby, 
uh, I will adopt your child. I will take in your baby and I will raise them. Um, but if you want to keep your baby, but you, you can't afford to do anything, then I will help you with that. Like there's options, there's help, right. there's hope. And, and if you've had an abortion, I want you to know that there's hope and there's, there's, um, there's just hope to be found in Christ. Right. And grace and forgiveness. The burden of guilt and shame that you carry um, can be lifted off of you in an instant. And God calls you to, to repent, and He was faithful, and He will forgive you. Amen. Vali, you got anything else you'd like to say? Uh, I just want to kind of echo what Dawson did. Uh, I actually have a friend who has uh, five families that would be willing to adopt a baby. And so when we say this, these these are concrete. These are things that will happen. Your doctor's appointments, diapers, what whatever you need uh, through your pregnancy, through the first year, and, and past that. And, and again, our church has been supportive of that. And we just know that right. we have so many giving people in this church right. that, that are ready to do the work of God. And you're not alone. You, right. you won't find on our church website a, a a button to click uh, to, for support or any of those things for, for that. But if you don't know who to reach out to, you could reach out to someone at our church through the website. Um, we don't have like an abolitionist chapter of the church and, or any of those things. Um, you know, we're working through what that might look like at our church now. And the elders are discussing how that should be fleshed out and, and those things. But that said, we would never deny someone. Right. Amen. Help. Um, Amen. Yeah. And I think that's consistent with the gospel and our worldview and, and the scriptures. So. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you all so much for listening. I hope and pray that you have a great week. God bless.